All right, good morning. I am going to wait a second here as people log back on. Um, we're doing a lot of jumping around this morning. Um, while we're waiting, um, if you could turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to do 22 through 40. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. I also know that um, there's probably a little bit of a lag between what I'm doing here and what you're watching there. And so you might have had to already sit there and wait if you're in the auditorium, sit there and wait for a, a few awkward seconds. So uh, sorry about that. Sorry about a lot of stuff this morning. Um, uh, I am grateful to be able to uh, preach to you. I'm, I'm grateful. Um, that we have the, the technological ability um, to do this. I'm thankful for all the work that everybody's doing um, to make this happen. And I'm thankful for your patience as we continue to navigate some of this stuff. Um, thankfully, my family and I are all fine. I mean, well, we're not fine, but we are <laughs> we're COVID free, it seems like. We don't have any symptoms or anything like that. Um, but we um, decided that the best thing to do is to make sure we don't um, unintentionally spread anything. Um, we're going to just quarantine for a few days. So that's what we're doing. And so we're having a lot of fun here at the Ron home. Uh, but once again, I am thankful for your patience, for your flexibility, um, and for your willingness to sit there and watch me preach from my kitchen. So um, happy new year. Yay. So anyhow, um, Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to um, get going. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would help us as we dig into it this morning that you would grow us, that your spirit would work in us. Um, we believe that you will. We pray that you would um, as we gather around your word this morning. And um, no matter where we are, however we're listening, I, I pray, God, that, um, that your spirit would work in our hearts and in our lives. You would change us the way we need to be changed. You would encourage us um, and you would grow us in your grace. We'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. So every once in a while, I'm going to look down at my phone and just make sure that no one's telling me, hey, nothing's working. So um, I'm gonna, so if you see me look down at my phone, that's that's all I'm doing, just trying to make sure that, um, that you're hearing what I'm saying. So Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Let me, let me read that for us, and then we'll jump in. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40 say... And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him 
by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at that very hour she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. That's our passage for this morning. Um, I, now, I don't usually do this, um, but the sermon this morning is um, five fearless predictions for the year 2021. Now again, I don't usually I don't usually do fearless predictions. That's more like talk show radio host kind of stuff. But I'm going to do five fearless predictions for the year 2021. Now, um, it's probably difficult for you to take fearless predictions seriously um, from someone preaching from their kitchen, but um, but I, I want you to anyhow. And it's not because these fearless predictions are my own idea, or I've come up with them, or I'm, you know, they're, they're, you're, you're banking on me here. I, I know that fearless predictions can sound a little bit ridiculous. Um, I, I got this email the other day. Um, let me read it to you. It says, Dear Steve, very personal. It says, Dear Steve, the world around us continues to change at a rapid pace. And while these unprecedented events cause changes to our daily lives, one thing will never change. This email told me one thing will never change. And I was like, I was on the edge of my seat. Great. You know, this is chaotic, confusing times. What, where can we put our hope? Where can I trust in? And it says our enduring commitment to the safety of our customers and team members. And it was from Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut sent me that email. Pizza Hut knows that I'm confused and I'm scared and I'm worried about how 2021 is going to go. And so they just wanted me to feel, you know, really sure that they're going to do everything in their power to keep me safe. So, I mean, when I got that email, I slept a lot better that night. That was really reassured. Well, no, that's, that's stupid. Um, and that's how fearless predictions sound a lot, don't they? They sound ridiculous. And, and I, I want to tell you, though, this morning that these predictions that I'm going to make in the sermon this morning are not built on 
my own prediction ability and they're not even built on on something as steadfast and strong as Pizza Hut. These um, these fearless predictions come right from God's word and they are built on Jesus Christ, how he is revealed in scripture to us and, and they're built on the truth that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus does not change. And so as we look at uh, as we look at the way Luke describes um, Jesus in the very beginning of his life, the very, the very earliest moments of Jesus's life on earth, his incarnate ministry here on earth, as we look at these first few days, we're going to see who Jesus is, and we're going to see that we can make these five fearless predictions for whatever 2021 might throw at us. And I'm personally hoping it's a little bit different than 2020, but no matter what it throws at us, I am thankful um, that we can bank on Jesus Christ, that we can rest on Jesus Christ. So we have five fearless predictions here this morning. Let's go through them one by one. The first one we're going to see right at the very beginning of our passage, we see that Jesus will be all the righteousness you need. Jesus will be all the righteousness you need. I love how over and over and over, Luke emphasizes that Mary and Joseph obeyed the law. You see that in the first, just the first few verses. Um, they came up for their purification according to the law of Moses. They, they brought him to Jerusalem to present it to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. They, they, they offered a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. And then down in verse 27, the, the parents brought in the child to do for him according to the custom of the law. And in verse 39, when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, over and over and over, Luke is making a point. He is overemphasizing this point that Mary and Joseph were keeping the law of the Lord. Mary had to be purified after she gave birth. Jesus was the firstborn son, so he had to be presented to the Lord. A, an offering had to be presented by the mother and father. They, they were keeping the law. What is Luke reminding us here? He's reminding us that, that Jesus from day one kept the law of the Lord. Jesus was born of woman, Galatians teaches us, and he was born under the law. Jesus submitted to the law. Jesus submitted to the law from day one. His whole life he kept the law of the Lord. Now, this is crazy when you think about it because, um, because Jesus wrote the law. Jesus gave the law. Jesus is the, Jesus is the law giver. Jesus is the judge. Um, but Jesus himself submitted to the law. He humbled himself to be born under the law. And he kept the law from day one. He kept the law. He, he humbled himself and kept the law. Why did he do this? So that he would be righteous before his father. Jesus was the only one to keep the law perfectly. And, he, and it started right here in the very earliest moments of his incarnate life. Jesus is the only one to keep the law 
perfectly. And he did that so that when he went and died on the cross for you and for me, when he went and died on the cross, God the Father would see that sacrifice. He would see that sacrifice as perfect, as, as sufficient, as all that was needed. Because Jesus was a perfectly righteous sacrifice, when he, when he died, when he died, the, the, the payment for our sin was complete. It was complete. He, he needed, he, we, we, we need nothing else but the righteous payment of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. I hope this morning that you have believed that, that that's where your hope, that's where your trust is, that you understand that you need the righteous payment of Jesus Christ. You need his perfect sacrificial death on the cross to, for, for your sins to be forgiven so that you can be, so that you can be clean before God. I hope that you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior. And if you have, you have to understand that not only have you been forgiven of your sins, but you, you also have been given Jesus' perfect record of righteousness. Do you understand that, that Jesus is all the righteousness you're going to need? And you're going to need the righteousness of Jesus over and over and over this year. There are going to be so many times where you need to remind yourself that you stand righteous before God. You stand righteous before God. That, that because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because he obeyed the, 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 the law perfectly, and because he, he took your place on the cross, he took the death you deserve. You not only get his death and his resurrection, but you get his perfect life as well. When God the Father evaluates you, when he decides whether you are good or you are not, whether you are in or you are out, when God the Father evaluates you he sees you there standing up standing there holding up jesus's perfect report card he sees you clothed in the righteousness of jesus christ he sees you with jesus's perfect obedient record he sees you with the right righteousness of his son there's going to be so many ways that you need to remember that this year. You're going to have to remind yourself of that so often. I have to remember this. When I'm tempted towards arrogance, this helps me to remember the only thing between me and hell is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The only reason that I'm in is because Jesus has given me his perfect righteous account. His perfect report card. His perfect law-keeping, obedient record. It helps me when I'm tempted towards arrogance. It also helps me when I'm tempted towards despair. So often I feel just overwhelmed with despair. It's so good for me to remember that in the eyes of the only one who truly matters, the, the God of the universe, I, I have the perfect record of his perfect Son, I am covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This helps me when I'm feeling apathetic to remember that Jesus, in all of his mercy, in all of his grace, has transferred his perfect record to me, his righteousness to me. That stirs my love for him. That's, that's when I remember that. That's when I'm fired up to serve him. That's when I'm fired up to honor him, to obey him, to love him. 
I, I need to remember over and over and over that, that my only hope is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Your only hope for this coming year is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And thankfully, Jesus is all the righteousness you'll ever need. That's my first fearless prediction. Jesus is all the righteousness that you'll ever need. And here's my second. Jesus will ensure that you are ready to die. Jesus will ensure that you're ready to die. In, in verse 25, we are introduced to a man named Simeon. There's a man in Simeon, who's, a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Simeon had been waiting a long time. And Simeon had been promised by the Spirit that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah, until he saw the, the Anointed One, the Christ. And now that he had seen him, he's ready to depart in peace. He's, I, I can go now. I can die now. Now, of course, Simeon's um, place in the story is very different than ours. Simeon, Simeon's place in the story is, of course, he, he gets to, he was anticipating Christ. And he gets to see Jesus in the very earliest days of his incarnate life. And he gets to know that God has kept his promises because he sees Jesus as an infant. We, of course, look back and we're not saying, oh, now I know Jesus will save us. We're not, not, we, we, we look back and we say, Jesus has saved us. He has saved his People. And so we're looking at it from a different angle, but the effect is the same. When we put our trust and our hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we believe, we believe that, that God has kept his promises and God is going to keep his promises and, and, and God is going to bring us safely home to him. We can be ready to die. I, I don't know if 2021 is going to be your last year on earth. I, I hope it's not. I hope it's not, but I do know for sure that if you're in Christ, Jesus ensures that you'll be ready to depart in peace. We have families in our church we, we, who have lost loved ones. We have lost, just this past week, we've lost a dear man, Terry Reed. We're, 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 we're going to miss him desperately as a church. It's a wonderful man, wonderful man, but we know that he was able to depart in peace because his hope is in Jesus Christ. And, and we can have, even though we have sadness about this, we can have peace. When, when a loved one who, who is in Christ passes away, even though we have great sadness, we can also have peace. We can let people depart in peace. This is what Jesus will do for you in 2021. I don't know. God knows when your last days and months and your last year on earth is. God knows. I don't know. But I do know 
that when it's your time to go, if you're in Christ, Jesus will ensure that you are able to depart in peace. You will be able to die in peace. Here's my third fearless prediction. Jesus will show you the missionary heart of God. Here's my third fearless prediction for the year 2021. Jesus will show you the missionary heart of God. Let me read Simeon's words again. They're so good. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Salvation is come. Simeon says, salvation is come. Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. He is glory for the people of Israel, he's, which means he's salvation for anyone, anywhere, Jew, Gentile, no matter where you're from, Jesus is here for salvation for this world. For anybody from anywhere. God the Father has sent God the Son to be the salvation that we need to be a light in the darkness, Simeon says. A light for revelation. We were a people staggering around in terrible darkness, and God has sent us the light. He has sent us salvation. He has sent us his own son. And again, I hope you believe that. I hope you understand that you, that you need salvation, that your only hope is Jesus Christ. I hope you believed that. And, and I hope that this year you're looking for the ways that Jesus is going to continue to show us the missionary heart of God. If you look for it, you'll hear it. You'll see it. From all over the world, you will hear stories of, of people who were wandering in darkness. People who, who did not know God, did not love God, wanted nothing to do with him. They were on their way to condemnation. They were on their way to hell. And then God, in his grace, rescued them, saved them, transformed them from rebels into worshipers through the gospel of Jesus Christ. They trust in Jesus, and they're brought into God's family. If, if Jesus doesn't come back, we're going to hear story after story after story of, of the way Jesus is, is showing us the missionary heart of God. You're, you're going to hear stories of, of people turning to Jesus trusting the gospel of Jesus and not only and not only are we like you know witnesses and, and hear this hear about these things but we're witnesses who who tell about these things we can have a we can have a part in this we we listen and we celebrate and we rejoice and we pray but also we we can be telling people the good news of Jesus Christ we can be trying to make disciples in our home, in our church. We can, be, we can be telling the gospel to people that we know, that we care for. We can be putting our money where our mouth is and supporting missionaries and supporting the work of the church. We, we can have a part in what God is doing through his son. I guarantee the year 2021, Jesus is going to continue to build his church. Let's look for ways that we can be a part of it. 
Let's look for the for for whatever role God allows us to play in this. Fearless prediction. Jesus, uh, Jesus is going to continue to show us the missionary heart of God. Number four, Jesus will continue to divide people. Jesus will continue to divide people. It's, it's exciting to think and to remember that Jesus is, is going to do the missionary work of God. Jesus is, is God's missionary son, and he's going to show us the missionary heart of God. And we're going to, and we even as we go through the book of Luke, we're going to see just this great joyful love that God has in bringing people into the fold. And, and so we, that's joyful. But then we get to this one, and it's sad. It's sad. Jesus is going to continue to divide people. Simeon says it right here in the, these first few days of Jesus's life. Simeon, by the by the 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 um, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, understands. He prophesies. He says, "Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many." In Israel, there's some people are going to fall and some people are going to rise. Some people are going to stumble over the gospel of Jesus Christ and some people are going to be saved by it. There's a division here. For He says in verse 35 to Mary, he says, a sword will pierce your own soul also. He says, he says the thoughts from many hearts are going to be revealed. This is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus does. He reveals the hearts of people, the thoughts that are in our hearts. He he reveals whether someone has a heart that loves God, that wants to worship God, that wants to submit to God, that wants to believe God. Who he reveals that. What what you do with Jesus will tell everyone what you actually think about God. Jesus is a, as Peter says, he's a, he's a stumbling block. He's a stumbling stone. He's a stone of offense, a stone of stumbling for some people. They hear his gospel and they want nothing to do with him. It, it offends their intelligence. It, it offends them. That's just too superstitious. That's, that's old school. That's, no one believes that anymore. That's ridiculous. That's archaic. It, it, I'm offended to even, even to think some sort of just goofiness like that. And then, or, or it offends their pride. I don't need that. I'm not guilty before God. They'll stumble over the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or it will be their salvation. Jesus will be their cornerstone. He'll be the one that they build everything on. He'll, he'll be the, their only hope in life and death. In the year 2021, Jesus is going to continue to bring division. And like Simeon said to Mary, the people who love him are going to feel this. He says to Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Mary is going to go through it. She's going to go through sadness and, and, and grief when, when she sees the, the, the Jesus that she loves opposed, hated, mocked rejected. This is the way it's going to be for us as well. We're going to feel the division that Jesus brings. 
And it's important for us to understand. It's, it's important for us to understand that Jesus brings division. We, we, we have to understand. We can't be surprised by this. We can't be surprised how, by, by how divisive the gospel is. We're going to feel it in, even in our own like biological families. We're going we're gonna to feel this, just the difference, the difference between those who believe the gospel and those who don't. And it is a, it is a sad thing, but I don't want you to be surprised by it. And I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to bail. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna meet all kinds of people, and you're gonna, and you're gonna hear from all kinds of people, and they're gonna be smart, influential people who who have bailed on Jesus, who want nothing to do with the gospel, who think the word of God is ridiculous. You, the, 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 the gospel is going to be opposed. Jesus is going to be opposed. People are going to stumble over him. People are going to reject him. People are, and, and, and those people are going to be punished and judged because of their rejection. And we, in this, this coming year, we're going to feel that once again. I don't want you to be surprised by it. I don't want you to bail just because Jesus is being opposed. And, and I also want to say this before I move on to the last point. I, I want to say this. If you don't really feel this in your life, you don't really, you don't really feel the division that Jesus brings. You don't, you don't really feel the difference between you and people who don't believe the gospel. There's not really that big of a difference between you and people who don't believe the gospel. Then, then you need to stop and ask yourself, how much of an impact is the gospel actually making on my life? It's important for us if we don't if we don't feel that division. Not that we're out looking for a fight, but we're going to feel that division. If we're if if we follow Jesus, we're going to feel that division. And if you're not feeling it, you need to ask yourself, is it because the gospel really doesn't make much of a of a everyday impact on me? All right, number 5. Finally, number 5 Last prediction, Jesus will continue to be worthy of lifelong service. Jesus will continue to be worthy of lifelong service. Verse 36, we meet Anna. There's a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. And so her husband probably died when she was like 20. And so she was a widow for 64 years, probably something like that. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. So she went every day and she served at the temple. She worshiped, she fasted, she prayed, she served. And coming up at that very hour, verse 38, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She had served and she had prayed and she had fasted and she had worshipped faithfully for decades. And in the end, Jesus was worth it. That's what I want to point out to you from her life. There was great joy in the end. The, the consolation of Jerusalem, the redemption of Jerusalem came. It was worth it. All of her years of, of, of faithful Prayer, fasting, service, worship, all of her years dedicated to um, God, to the coming of Christ, 
to the promises of her heavenly father were worth it. She wasn't disappointed in the end. All of her dedication in the end was worth it. Jesus didn't disappoint. And, and of course, again, I understand that we're, we're looking at the story differently than, than Anna was. She was looking in anticipation, and we're looking at more in reaction, response. We look at it as, as it's, it's already happened, and she was looking, she was like, yes, Jesus is here. The redemption is here. And we look back and we say, Jesus came. He, he lived, and he died, and he rose again. And so now we, now we live and we serve, and we pray, and we worship, and we get after it. Because we know that in the end, Jesus will be worth it. Serving Jesus will be worth it. I was, I was uh, watching a movie with my, um, some of my older kids last night, and... Um, and it's always dangerous to watch a movie with me on Saturday night because I'm kind of like in preacher mode. And so there's, it's always a chance that I'm just going to start preaching to them. Um, and so if they, it's dangerous to get into any kind of conversation with me because you never know when you're, you know, that's just an hour of your life. You're never going to get back. I could just go off about whatever. So, so we were watching this movie and in the movie, there were these um, teenagers and they were contestants in this really, really dangerous competition. All right. There, there's these there's these different challenges in this competition and all of them were life or death. They were all risking their life. Every one of these challenges. And the, and the only reward was really eternal glory. They said at the beginning of the competition, the student who 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 wins this competition is going to have eternal glory. And one of my daughters was like, why? What? What, what are they doing? They, they could die. They could die. They were doing this ridiculous stuff. And I was thinking, this is crazy. They're, they're going to die here. And one of them actually did die. It's nuts. And, uh, and in what? In pursuit of eternal glory. That's what? What's that all about? And, and so she asked me about it. And, uh, and I was in preacher mode because I was kind of thinking about my sermon. And so she shouldn't have asked me, but she did. So I went off a little bit and I said, um, you know, we're all doing that. We're all doing that. We are all risking our lives for eternal glory. It's nowhere near as dramatic as it was in that movie. I'm not saying it like that. I'm not, I'm not saying we're doing these different challenges where we're taking our life into our hands and we could die at any moment. But we are all risking our lives for eternal glory because you, every second you live is a second you're never going to get back. Every minute you live is a minute you are closer to death. Every ounce of energy that you expend is one less ounce you have for the rest of your life. You're, you're giving your life to something right now. You are right now, right now, by, by taking time out of your life and you're going to give up 30 or 40 minutes to listen to me preach from your kitchen, from my kitchen, not your kitchen. I'm not in your kitchen. I'm in my own kitchen. Um, but you're giving up your time to, to listen to God's word being preached. You're, you're never going to get these 40 minutes left. You, you are closer to death than you were at 1030 this morning. You're giving up your life right now. Everybody is. Everybody is. And Ecclesiastes teaches us we're giving it up in the hope of eternal glory. 
We want eternal glory. Whether we would say it in those words or not, we want eternal glory. It's part of being a human. We want that. We want eternal joy, eternal satisfaction. We want something that's bigger than what we have now. We want to feel better than we do right now. We want something big and eternal and glorious. That's what we want. And it's not as dramatic, nowhere near as dramatic as that movie, but we are giving up our life for it. We are. You're spending your life and you're never going to get that time back. We are deciding what we're going to spend our life, our time, our money, our energy. We're, we, we, are, we are deciding day by day, week in, week out, what we're doing with our lives. We are, we are spending our life on something. We are risking our life on something. We are. Jesus has told us over and over and over and over in his word, you risk it on me. You go all in on me. You serve me. You follow me. You believe my word. You trust in me. You obey the word of God for the glory of God. And in the end, it will be worth it. In the end, there is, there is eternal glory, Jesus says. I am going to share my eternal glory with you. In the end, you're going to hear a well done, good and faithful servant from me. In the end, you're going to have unimaginable joy. You're not going to feel it in this world. You're not. You're, you're, you, you are not going to feel how worth it it is to follow Jesus in this world because this world is not big enough to contain that kind of joy. It's not. It's not big enough to contain that kind of glory. Your body, your mind, your heart cannot, cannot contain the amount of joy that you're going to, that you're going to receive as your eternal reward. Your, your broken, fallen, sinful body that is, that is trampling around in this broken, fallen, sinful world cannot contain the glory and the joy that's in store for you. It, it'll be worth it. In 2021, if you decide, you know what, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm going to commit even more of my life to following Jesus, to telling people about him, to knowing his word, to prayer, to, to trusting in his promises, to, to honoring him with the way that I make my decisions. I'm going to go, I'm going to go all in, even more. I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I want to go more. None of you are good enough. I'm not good enough. That's what sanctification, the whole, the whole doctrine of sanctification teaches us, that we're not good enough. We need to be better in 2021 than we were in 2020. We need to keep going forward. We need to know more of the riches of our salvation. We need to know more of what it means to be justified. We need to know more of the joy of our salvation. We need to know more of, of who God is and how he has called us to live. We need more. Jesus says, if you go in, you go all in, you serve me, in the end, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and then I'm going to sign off. I love you people. Let's pray. God, we thank you um, for your word. We thank you for this little passage of scripture. We pray that you would help us to, to believe that Jesus is all that you have said he is in your word, that he is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I pray that you'd help us to trust him as our savior, to follow him as our king, and to know, come what may, he, in the end, will be worth it. 
Help us to believe this. In Christ's name, amen.